Yo, what's going on, everybody, for episode five of Should I Play That with Chris and Rod, a.k.a. SSS Blackerod, a.k.a. Black Hulk, a.k.a. Uh, shoot, what else do I go by? Uh, have you said your actual name yet? Yeah, seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Rod, you guys. We got Custom Shrew over here, too. What's going on, man? Uh, nothing much. Happy to be doing another episode of Should I uh, Play That? Almost said watch that. Yo, uh, yo, wink, wink. Maybe that's coming <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, maybe, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all these things coming out. Like, I feel like April is a prime month for entertainment. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. So, I don't know. That might be something down the road. I mean, we just came through, you know, uh, Captain Marvel... Uh, we just came through watching uh, Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shazam is right around the corner, so I don't know. I might be feeling doing a should I maybe like a special should I play that or should I watch that episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm, we we might have some ideas that uh, that could be stewing around in there. Oh, and how can I forget the 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 big End Game, the Avengers End Game coming out? We could mm-hmm. be talking about that and One Punch Man. Also coming back. Yeah, One Punch Man, Mob Psycho's just finished airing, Promise Neverland just finished airing. There's a bunch of TV and anime and whatever coming out. There's a lot of media. There's a lot of things to do, guys. A lot of things to do. Yeah, so when, I, when I'm when i online and I see you guys saying I'm bored, stop it. <laughs> Only boring people get bored. I don't want to hear that. There's, there's far too much media available to you nowadays to be genuinely bored. Exactly. So... Um, with that, I want to thank you guys for listening to us for another episode. This is, uh, once again on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Play, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Like this, man, it feels good seeing our like episodes pop up on these platforms. Like, yep. I feel like we're we're on the right track of like doing something great. So I love it when you guys you know shoot me messages or you know like the the page on Facebook. Facebook like I guess right now is going to be our main hub of where we're like we'll post our episodes, where we'll post like memes and shout out to people that have shared our stuff on Facebook. Uh, we've had a couple of memes sort of like <laughs> destroy our um, our stat usage. On like how how many times things have been viewed or shared, so yeah. I sort of I sort of have to like you know live up to the expectations of finding really good you know memes, and I I try to find gaming memes too to see if I can get that you know get that streak going again. But you never know, you never know what the next new memes are. I guess I don't know how memes work. I'll be honest. Uh, it's so good. It's a lifestyle, man. Mm. it really is like it's it's a whole it's a way of life like you gotta you gotta you have to live it breathe it become it oh i hope not (laughs) (laughs) but anyways we have a cool episode uh you know in store for you guys we have a you know some stuff that we've been playing that we want to talk about some news and some uh our topic this week is going to be about esports so I either heard a ton of shrugs or some people getting excited just then. It's one of the I hear both sounds at the same time. But <laughs> I mean, guys. It, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a broad conversation about esports where we won't talk specifically, I, I suppose, about 
you know, the nitty gritty of teams and players and things like that. But like, we're, we'll have a broad discussion, right? Of exactly, you know, where esports is, is and where it might be going. So yeah, so so once again, like, like I always say, uh, join the conversation, say something in comments, uh, share it, talk about it with your friends, and just you know, hey, let's let's have a discussion about this online. That's what it's all about. It's all about the community, mm-hmm. and we love you guys. But let's go ahead and uh, start it off with uh, what you've been playing. So, Rod, this week, man, what you been playing? I've been playing a couple of things. I figured we could start with something that we've both been playing, which okay. is The Division 2, once again. Mm-hmm. And we've been kind of working our way through that. We had last week Kier come on and, and have him talk about you know his experience with The Division as well. He was much further along than either of us were, but I think at this point you have caught up to kind of where he was, right? <laughs> oh man, listen, guys, um, and you guys will know that you know learn to know Kier too, just over time. Like this man is a vampire. Like he has a full time job, but still finds time to like get hours and hours worth of like gameplay into these things. Mm-hmm. So no, I am not. I'm nowhere near this man. In this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I am I I'm in the same world here, but okay. not in a same like like this. Yeah, like that. You're, you're, is... you're not caught up in like raw hours. No, no way. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Yeah, that's what I meant. More like you know the the space. Like he was in World Tier Four, I think, at the time that we recorded. Yeah. So I just got into World Tier Four, which once again. Like introduce us, and that's why I love this game. It introduces even more endgame activities for you. Okay. So like, if you go online and you read about how like certain things will happen in the endgame, it's sort of weird how they do it. There's some things that happen at the beginning of your endgame experience, some things that happen in the middle, and then with World Tier Four, and then with World Tier Five happening pretty soon in April, um, they're adding more stuff to it. So. Mm-hmm. Like I'm with World Tier Four, I'm just now able to do like the daily hard missions, and um, some other things popped up. Like with control points, I'm able to instead of going straight for a control point, I could do other side missions, uh, side missions with like those side events, like the public executions or those roaming uh, like convoys. I could interrupt one of those, and by doing that, it will strengthen a control point. And when you strengthen it, it'll go up by a certain level. And of course, with it going up a level, it'll be harder to take down, but your loot will be better. So, um, like I'm, I guess now I'm attempting to do that, but I feel like I'll incrementally do that. Like I'm not trying to shoot up like the control points too far because I heard it's actually pretty hard. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm I'm further behind you. I'm I'm almost at that 30 mark. I believe like maybe 27, 28, something like that. And I think it's fascinating. Like just to hear that, I think it's fascinating to that they're providing this this constant stream of of challenge. And we may have touched on this a little bit last week, but I I love that it's it's new con- it's it's not maybe brand new content but the way that they're delivering that content to you this is a live game it's a live it's a games as a service um the title and the way that they're delivering that to you is i think paramount to its success i think i i'm very curious to see what the sales 
are for this game. See, I, I, and mm-hmm. that's the that's the weird part is that the sales like uh, compared to Division One, I guess like, not as good. So like a like a week or two ago, I've seen articles saying, "Oh, Division is it in trouble because it's not selling well?" And I'm like, I'm turning my head. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm. Like, what do you mean it's not selling well? But compared to like, are those UK division, numbers or? I think it's. I, I, I want to say in this particular uh, instance, um, I think I was listening to a podcast. I think it was UK numbers that they were okay. talking about. Okay. But at the same time, it's, it was pertaining to like the Division One was like one of their highest rated, uh, like newest IPs. Okay. So it had a lot of sales for that being like a new IP and they're expecting more with a sequel, which didn't happen. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, with those UK sales, you you never quite know. I'm I'm curious, and also it's a week, so I'm very curious to know what happens after a month. Like, I definitely want to see MPD. I would like to see the UK sales, like, after maybe a few weeks, if that drop-off is large. Maybe the game has legs in the UK. Like, we just, we don't know. But I I do think that that's a good, at least a metric and are they counting digital sales because like i know when division mm. one came out i bought it physically with division two i bought it digitally so okay. i'm not sure if that has come into account ah okay i see yeah i don't know uh when it comes to the, U- the uk sales charts I-, I actually don't know um i know with the mpd i believe they don't track digital sales i want to say that's just wild um, like this day and age most things a lot of people that I talk to like they'll just download a game Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Digital adoption is is very real. Um, and like and I think it's that I want to say that number we saw a few months ago. I want to say they released that that same sales group released metrics. Oh, man, I might be talking out of my ass here, but I I believe they released some metrics saying that it was the adoption rate for digital titles was increasing um, significantly. Um, I'll see if I can find that info out, but yeah, I would, I'm not surprised at all. Um, but I mean, like you're saying, uh, Division Two, like if you if you if you're still not sold on like with us talking about it for the past two weeks, um, honestly, like if you're into loot shooters, like this has been like the best loot shooter launch that I've come across like ever, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, between like the hunches. Uh, like I can't even say hours at this point. The days of gameplay that I've had of Destiny, um, I, I, hours with Division One, uh, I play, playing Warframe. Uh, like I Warframe, which is another really good loot shooter. Uh, that was something that just over time has molded itself into a great game. Uh, but Division Two, like they learned their mistakes, fixed their mistakes in Division One, and rolled over all of that into Division Two. So, I honestly, like, I, it's, it's like it's should I should I play that? Yes, if you're into loot shooting games, or like if you want to be into those like live service type games, mm-hmm. Division Two is honestly a great place to start. Absolutely. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Like, and I, I expected like going into it that it would, you know, it'd be serviceable, you know, at least. But I, I find myself continually impressed by like a the fact that I make time to play it. Um, like uh, the time that I, I do play, I have limited time during the week to, to play certain things. I have to really pick and choose what I'm going to play. Um, and I, I choose a lot of times to play that game, and that's a big deal for me. So. 
you know, kudos to Massive for <laughs> creating a experience that's compelling enough to be played that way. And nothing feels like a treadmill. We said that last week too. Like nothing feels like much like a treadmill in this game right now. I mean, still early days, right? Like, you know, we'll see how we feel in a few more weeks, but so far, like the, the grind to end game has been really, really fun. No, even then, like, I think the cap that I've seen so far that players have been is, like, at 455 with the Mm -hmm. gear score. Mm -hmm. And with me, like, just jumping at this point now, jumping in from, like, like, I feel like I'm putting in less time in the game um, than I did when, like, it launched and everything. But, like, I'm still getting gear that's pushing me towards that gear score. So, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not having to, like, go through stupid content and, like, what I really love about, like, just the gameplay loop in this game is that um, when I'm coming across, like, a, a battle arena or going against some enemies, I don't have to do, like, the stupid thing that you had to do in early Destiny days where you had to find, like, a weird corner to sit in and to pump bullets out of a corner to damage the boss. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't... Like, yeah, there's some bosses that, um you know, are bullet sponges, but it's not to the point where, like, I'm in an awkward place and I can't move around to damage like there's like i could i could uh move around i could do things to distract the enemy or to stop the enemy from getting close to me and getting i could get better positioning like i don't feel like i'm trapped behind cover in this game right right and then even with like something that you just found out recently with like there's a bug with uh the scaling of the level like do you, oh yeah so like even with that bug like you could still play the game. You didn't really feel trapped per se, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel trapped. It, it, it kind of like what I was saying last week about like you know it felt some of the scaling felt off. Like it felt like I was getting shot once, like literally one time from halfway across the map, and and it was immediately downed. Like that felt wrong. But I mean, I was putting out damage okay, um, but I didn't feel trapped by any means in a traditional sense i just have flashbacks of playing destiny one and going against strike bosses on mars like that i I don't remember the the name of the boss but it's like a giant um what's the shoot what's that race called um dang i don't remember the name of the the enemy type but like it's a it's a giant boss that had like a machine gun he walks through the door yeah, he walks yeah. through. He walks through the door, and like you literally either had to like glitch your way on top of like this platform that was at the very top of the arena, or slide through a crack that was under some stairs and like pump bullets into him. At, like whenever he passed through like this little opening, and that was literally the only way to like beat that strike on mm-hmm. harder difficulties was to do that like mm-hmm. on nightfalls. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't come across having to do that at all in division two. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Like, so hopefully with, um, uh, in April when they release the next stronghold, uh, we won't come across that. And then there's the eight player raid that's coming out a little bit after that. I have faith that we won't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I, and, and, and also they just massive just released, uh, an announcement for a title update. Yeah. So, I mean, right, like, I mean, that's, I mean, I think everything you're saying is, is, I mean, I I also, I like, I want to say really quickly from earlier that you mentioned that the level cap was 445, 450. 
fifty something. Yeah, like four, that. yeah, four fifty five, I think. Yeah, four fifty five, and like they're raising that in this title update, which I think is really cool. And like you said earlier, you know, they're fixing the scaling and things like that. Like, I mean, the fact that this is coming out like uh, three weeks after the game has released is really good. Like, they're already getting. And this isn't even a, the best part about this is that it's not even a part of the three like planned like content big content patches that they're planning on doing throughout the year like this this title update they're doing is like just a normal like they're just pushing this out here for free for people they're adding you know a bunch of stuff like i mean i think it's so cool like what they're doing and how they're supporting this game exactly so uh it's it's definitely something to take notes of like if you're getting if you're playing any other you know live service games and they're not you know, treating the community like this, think twice about where you're investing your time. Cause like at the end of the day, time is something that I cherish. Like I, you, as time, like you could get money back, you could get like different like things back, but with time, you really can't get that back. So Absolutely. when a, like a game or like a service respects that time, like I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Def- like gamers, like listen, like they, the these companies like that's what they're doing. They're trying to they're they're pretty much doing all this to get our attention, to get our time into their product. So we have to respect our own time. So like if we're playing a product that's not respecting like the amount of time that we're putting into it, honestly go to go to something else. There are other games out there that will respect your time and you'll have fun. Um, just don't get played. Stop being played, honestly. <laughs> Easier said than done sometimes, it, Chris. It is. It is. <laughs> it's it's tough. It's like a it's like a bad relationship, honestly. Oh man, uh, I don't know if we have all the time in the world for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but did you did you get a chance to play any of the other games that you bought from this week? And thanks for saying that because like I bought a couple of games that are on sale. Um, I started. Um, what was the one I bought on the Switch? I'm trying to remember the name. Night Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. So Night in the Woods is a different type of game, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Like, I, it's a... I'm actually super curious what compelled you to get it. Because I'm a huge fan. I have not finished the game yet, but I'm in. I'm kind of in the middle of it. And uh, I'm, I'm dying to know what made you get it. All right. So, you know, first and foremost, like, the, the, the feedback that you gave from it, like, I, you know... I always value your opinion on these things. So like when you're saying something like it's good and everything like that, like I'll take that and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at this. So, um, it's, I'll say this night in the woods is not a, it's not a game in a traditional sense. It's more or less like a, uh, and it's not like a walking simulator either. It's a little right. bit, it's more advanced than that. It's more or less like is storytelling that you get to control. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like I'm, and I'm still really early into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're, you're still being introduced to characters and everything like that. But, um, just, I don't know. This is like, there's a charm to these characters and to this world that I'm liking. And like, there's a, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's, it's sort of telling a story that seems familiar, not familiar, mm-hmm. but like it, it's, it's like relatable. It's, a, it's relatable. Like exactly. You're, you're playing as a character that like feels like a real person. Like you're mm-hmm. you're not some superhuman, super powerful thing. Like nothing crazy is going on. It's just mm-hmm. granted, you're you're a cat, right? You're a mm-hmm. cat, 
but like this is this cat is a person like right you're, yeah you're like yeah. in this anthropomorphic world yeah and it's it's just it's telling the story right now that i'm sort of being sucked into i can sort of see where they're sort of planting seeds into this and i'm like all right so this might be a thing down the road certain characters already feel some type of way about me and i sort of want to see where this goes um, and now, um, I think it's also pretty cool that your character, like, is in a band, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, like, in the first day, like, when you get back, you, um, you have a chance to, like, pick up your guitar and start playing. It's like, you get to play the guitar or, like, go to sleep. And I was like, yo, let me play your guitar. Let's see what this is about. And I was surprised that it was, like, a mini game. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, a, like, a, you know, 20 second, 30 second mini game. Like, this, like, you're actually, like, playing yeah. a full length song. song. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like you're actually jamming to the song and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still, like I said, I'm still really early on into that. And um, I sort of want to take this, like the, the pacing of this, sort of like if I'm reading a really good book. That's mm-hmm. why I like games like this. Mm-hmm. So games like this, games like the, um, like Phoenix Wright, like stuff like that. I sort of take <sighs> yeah. and like that's short bursts, but like like bits where like I could get like a good bit of story. I could feel good and like put it away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's definitely on my radar. I guess next week I'll give um, more impressions on that. Cause like for me with it being on the switch, cause I know it's on other platforms, right? It's on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is it on Xbox? Um, I'm not certain if it's on Xbox. I know it's on PlayStation and I believe PC. Okay. Um, games like this, I could, really only imagine playing handheld like it yeah. i feel like it'd be weird playing it on like a big screen i mean you still can but games like this i prefer handheld something that i could like you know play in bed before going to sleep mm-hmm. which is what i've been doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've been like yeah. playing this you know while i'm getting ready to like you know go you know go to sleep if i'm not like tired enough i'll play it for a couple minutes and it's it's been pretty cool yeah, I'm super. I just want to say I'm extremely excited for you to play this game, just because like I I typically don't get to talk about it or share the, an experience like that with other people because I'm like the only weirdo who likes these kind of games that I know. <laughs> um, so I'm extremely excited for you to like keep playing this and 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 just hear more of your thoughts on this. Shoot, I think at some point I might even like. Uh... I might even stream it because like I need to stream a little bit more on our Facebook page. So uh, guys, let let me know either by sending me a message or like in the comments. Do you want to see me sh- uh, stream this game? Which I think that might be interesting to do. That might be a different experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then after that, um, I bought Far Cry uh, New Dawn, which is on sale. Um, I think as of this re- time, this recording going out, the sale should be over. But I think it's something that I, I'm not sure if I brought it up on last week's episode or if I've said like on social media, but it's on sale for 20 bucks. Uh, it's normally 40. I think 20 bucks is a really good price for a game like this. Um, and unfortunately I haven't like just with like timing of like playing other games and I've been going on like this weird Netflix binger of like watching stuff on Netflix. I haven't had a chance to play it, but it's, um, that's definitely like on my. That's like on the top of my uh, backlog. Like I might get in. I might actually get into that maybe a little bit after uh, recording this. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely be able to say something next week about it. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Speaking of things that we have just bought, guess what I just bought, Chris? Oh, what you, what you, yo, Brian, what you, what you buy? 
Ashman Purchison. I like that. That's the new name of the segment. Um, I have purchased and been playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, if my hype has not been obvious enough for the past couple weeks. Um, Wait, this... let me ask. So Shadows Die Twice, have you died more than twice? I have died more than twice, um, and you have bared, you have bore witness to, to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have died much more than twice. This is a FromSoft... Uh, from software game, Hideka Miyazaki, I want to say his name is, and he is the director of Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, all of that good stuff. Um, he so, is so all of those, all of you tryharders just now got hard on just by hearing all of that, basically. <laughs> it it's he is a master of of difficulty, and he's also a master of I think. Explaining lore in his, he has a very unique way of storytelling. A lot of people don't like it. Um, I definitely think it's an acquired taste. You either, you, you can learn to love it for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has a very specific style of game. If you've played any of those games before, Sekiro, in, in terms of aesthetics, it is, it is the, that game. Like it's that series all the way, but gameplay wise, it's quite different. So in the regular Souls games, you can kind of rely on whittling your opponents down. That's kind of this is kind of the main difference to me. Um, you can you know you you can carefully just beat on your opponents until like you know you can just chip away at their health. Sekiro doesn't work like that. Its combat system lives and dies on the deflect system. So you are playing the samurai. In the Sengoku era, which is like of Japan, and that's like a time of of many factions and warlords, and there's a lot of the the country is like I don't want to say in turmoil, but like there's a lot of things going on, a lot of violence and death is happening at this period in, in Japan's history, which is a a real period in in their history. Um, and you're playing this this samurai who ha- is he is entrusted with the care of this young heir and and you essentially need to you guide him through this through this land um and get him from point a to point b essentially and this whole time you are you know since you're a samurai you obviously have a sword and you are literally deflecting and parrying performing parries on enemy combatants and unlike souls games they're I haven't played through the entire game, but so far, everyone is humanoid. So, I mean, you're not, like, fighting skeletons. You're not fighting, like, uh, I don't know, dragons or anything like that. Like, on, like, the Dark Souls series, which is rooted in fantasy, or Bloodborne, which is rooted in horror. Um, you are fighting, you know, regular-ass human beings. And part of me is a little disappointed about that, but a par- another part of me is actually, like... Okay, this is actually cool because it there is enough off kilter about uh, Sekiro that makes it kind of like veer very carefully into that fantasy um, error. Like I would say that there's um there are bits of you know I just just today I was playing and there's a there's a part where with a, a creature in a in a in a in a vase 
or Foz, whatever. And like it, it has just like this long bony hand that kind of comes out and it's like a shopkeeper essentially for like one of the, the items that you can, some of the items that you can get in the game. And it's like that kind of aesthetic is very like, it is very Dark Souls, very Bloodborne, but like everything else around it is very realistic and, and kind of rooted in the, in this very grounded way, in a way that the other games haven't been in, in the series. And that's something that I really appreciate. And I, the, the combat, once again, is, is something that you, is different and, and I, it's difficult to kind of get a grasp on, but it's very, very reflex based. So I was going to say, have you found it where the game is doing a good job of trying to teach you how to play a little bit differently compared to the other games? Yes. I do think that this game does hold your hand. No, I'm not going to say hold your hand, but there is an actual tutorial sequence in this game that sort of sets it apart from the other Souls games. Souls games don't traditionally have, I would say, what you would expect of the as a normal tutorial, they do tell you what the buttons do and they try to position enemies in such a way where it's like, okay, this is how you backstab someone. Like they'll have an enemy facing the opposite direction of you. And you know, you would, and they're clearly, and they'll mark they'll They'll have like a little marking on the ground that says, Hey, press R one to backstab someone when they have their back towards you. Um, and it's things like that here in Sekiro. It's like, there's literally a tutorial section where they're like, okay, press square here to hide, uh, press here to grapple. Like, you know, there are, it's like that. So to answer your question, yeah, basically. Um, so, and I wouldn't say that the game, the game isn't hard to learn, but it's hard to master. And I think, I mean, you saw me play one of the mini bosses, which was like this ogre, and it, I wouldn't say that fight was was very difficult. Apparently, it was making people rage quit the game, but uh, I didn't. I I beat it after maybe like five tries or so, five six tries, and but it never felt cheap. Every time I died, it didn't feel like complete BS. Like I felt like it was fair. Um, you know, you cannot dodge as much in this game. As you could in the previous game. Sidestepping is a thing. You can do that. But it isn't paramount to your success. Like Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Like those games you could get out of a lot of things by doing that. Rely on your invincibility frames and and, and kind of maneuvers like that. But not here. Not here. This game truly does live and breathe off the deflect system. So, I mean, what what is it about this game that... Will I mean besides being made by the guy that makes the Souls games, like why why would you get people to pick up this game or why should you pick up this game? I'll be one hundred percent honest. If you are not a Souls game, it, it depends on what you like about Souls. If you if you've played Souls before and there are certain aspects that you like about it, I would say if you love how like the the uh, the lore is given to you which in this game is kind of different like the the souls games have a i mean it's a great question honestly i mean and it's hard to it's difficult to answer because this game is ah, it gives me like this <laughs> this cognitive dissonance because i feel like it is a souls game but it's it's not at the same time it's very much not those games um I mean, you have a straightforward narrative in Sekiro. Like, you don't have that in the other, in the Souls games. Not really. Everything is kind of already, everything has already happened in Souls. Like, the world has already kind of 
gone to shit at this point. In like by the time you take control of the player, like everything has already happened in the world. Sekiro, the narrative is unfolding currently. Uh, your character speaks. There are dialogue options. Like I mean, I mean there these are things that have not been in previous Souls games. So I would say if you haven't liked them before, you might want to give it a shot. I would say that the you know requisite difficulty is a, is there is a it's apparent but it's given to you in a different way because the combat is different um how also how's the combat different from the other ones so it's kind of like what i was saying about like it, how you would so how how in souls you are relying on kind of whittling your opponent down kind of by just raw strength you're like you can you can brute force your way through a lot of different things in Souls if you build your character right. So I can make a strength and endurance build and be able to roll all day and grab like a great sword and just like beat on someone until their health goes down. Um, not really the case in Sekiro. Really, you can't do that as much. What you can do, what you have to do, what the game it highly encourages you to do is uh, is break people's stance. So that's kind of like the whole point is that you and the opponent are constantly there. You're in a perpetual stance. And so the entire point is to break that stance and to deliver a death blow, the, the death blow, literally killing them in one hit. Some bosses have uh, I think they can take like two or three death blows in some instances. Um, and that's really what it is. So enemies don't traditionally have health in the sense of, you know, HP. P, but they have it in the sense of their 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 guard break. How much how much can they take before they you break their guard? If that makes sense. Well, I mean, from what I've seen with you playing, like they have both, but more or less, like your this like breaking their stance is what you're trying to do to then kill them. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, yes, they do have both, but the way that you will defeat them ultimately isn't by getting their health down to zero. The way that you get their health down to zero, the quickest and most effective way is to break their stance, uh, break their stance, deliver the death blow. Um, that's really, that's, that's really the key here. And so, and that's what makes it different than the other souls games. There's, there aren't multiple builds that you can have with this game. You can really only have, I haven't seen a lot of the skill tree yet, but it's not extensive. Like, Souls, you can have magic, endurance, strength. Um, you can, you know, in Bloodborne, you can have arcane, like different sorts of, you know, you could spec your, you know, weapons a certain way. Like, uh, you know, you can infuse your weapons with different elements. Like, it, you could get crazy in the Souls games with a lot of different variations uh, on, 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 you know, on your character. Not so in Sekiro, really. I don't, as far as other weapons, I'm not sure if you ever get more weapons than your sword maybe you do i'm not far enough yet but as far as the skill tree goes i mean you're you're not really specking out wolf uh, the, the main character you're not really specking him out in a different kind of way you know you get like two trees i think um and that's kind of it it's really like whatever abilities you think you need to have right this second okay yeah Hmm. So, and I mean, even the way that you you level yourself up, you level up your vitality and your attack power in a very linear way, um, as opposed, again, as opposed to the Souls games where you don't have to touch any of that. If you want to make the game more difficult or 
interesting for yourself. You don't have to ever put points into your vitality or your strength if you don't want to. Um, you can only spec for magic if you if you really want. You know, only spec for endurance. But here, like you, you know, everything is on a much more the, the path of, to progression is far more linear here. Yeah, and I think when um, I was watching you play earlier this week, didn't you say that uh, Miyazaki, like he didn't have his hands fully in this game? It was more or less he co-signed on it, right? Um, as far as I know, he is a is a creative director on it. Um, so I don't I, I don't know how how much I mean he's he's credited as as a director, so you have to imagine that he had his hands all in this game. Um, and it's pretty apparent too, just because of just how everything is structured, how it feels so distinctly souls, yet, yet not exactly. Um, and actually the game is, is credited towards two, towards two directors, Miyazaki being one of them and the second one being Kazuhiro Hamatani. Um, so I don't know if that was a 50 50 split or however it's done, but as far as I know, he's a creative director. Okay. Mm hmm. I mean, from the sounds of it, it sounds like, you know, uh, especially from you, from people that I've seen on my timeline, like, it's it's a it's a fun game. Like, if you're into these type of uh, Souls games, because I feel like it's its own genre at this point. Um, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's definitely worth, like, if you're into these type of games, if you, um, if you've, I guess, if you thought about jumping into these type of games, it'd be a good starting point. Definitely. And one quick thing I want to mention um, is that it's very much like Tenchu, if you've ever played those games um, from software. I believe, I want to say they were partially developed by FromSoft and, and it shows like this, like this, this is a modern take. If you ever wanted a Tenchu remake, like this is kind of it. It's not fully there it's not it this is not those games but it does give you those vibes a little bit you're able to stealth your way through a lot of different sections that's something that's also completely different in this in Sekiro from and that sets it apart from the Souls games is that there's a there are stealth elements and there's a verticality to the gameplay you thanks to your grappling hook that has also not been present before um you know you can jump in these games like significantly like that 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 provides a, a level of depth to the movement that we haven't seen in these kind of games and, and that makes it feel unique okay so all in all what do you uh thumbs up i mean obviously it's a thumbs up from you um, i mean yeah any... I, yeah I, there was always a chance it could be bad right i mean yeah like we never really know until we play these games um how how they are i, I was definitely anticipating it so i didn't want it to be bad um, but, but I mean, yeah, for, for right now, like, yeah, definitely thumbs up. Like I, I, I'm enjoying myself for sure. Um, and if that changes, I will be right here <laughs> reversing that decision. Um, but, but so far, like I, I really do enjoy it and I, and I'm looking forward to, to, to playing more. All right. Sounds good. Um, and I guess with, Sort of rolling through with, uh, with what I've been playing. I guess it's more or less the echo of what I've said <laughs> earlier before with the Division 2 and with, um, I guess I said, uh, something with, I guess the, uh, the other games I've been playing with. I can't remember right now. Night, night, night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's, that's pretty much what we've been playing, uh, this week. 
Um, I feel like definitely next week might be more or less of the same, just more in depth. Uh, I guess with you, with you playing Sekiro a little bit more, yep. with me playing Far Cry, seeing where that's going to be into. I, I was hoping to get someone to pick it up with me to do the co-op, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I might. We'll see. Okay. Cause those games, like, I, I feel like Far Cry is really fun solo, but playing it co-op all the way through that might be a gem that might be really fun right but anyways next up we're gonna go ahead and go through our new stories of the week um it's funny this uh as the time of this you know episode coming out there's gonna be a bunch of like new stories coming out so unfortunately just based on timing we won't have stuff that comes out based on pax east but of course next week follow up on you know that episode, we'll definitely talk about what's going on there with, you know, Borderlands 3 right now is like the biggest thing being hyped coming out of that. But, um, I don't want to, I don't want to like get too hyped about like the little teaser that they showed off today. So we'll wait till next week to talk about it. But, yeah. um, yeah. So we'll, I guess this week we'll go ahead and start off with PS4, PlayStation taking a page out of Nintendo with doing their, a Nintendo Direct-like event called the PS4 State of Play. So good on good on Sony for jumping onto that because it's yeah I feel like it's a really good way of letting the players know that hey like we're working on stuff. Um, it's a good good way of like getting news and like blasting it all at once instead of having it scattered all over the place. Mm-hmm. Oh for sure yeah yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, so they um they released it this past week or earlier this week, clocked in about 20 minutes or so, but they showed off some some pretty cool stuff. Um they starting off, they uh showed off Marvel. Um Marvel has a Iron Man VR game that's coming out, mm-hmm. which which they they released the teaser for, which looks you know, looks like Iron Man. Yeah. Looks like Iron Man. I don't know if I feel, you know, jaded because of Anthem. But oh right, right. Well, I mean, you know, I, the the first thing I thought when I saw this was like, it's probably going to be entirely on rails. Like, I really doubt they're going to let you f- like free fly in this thing. I'll be impressed if they do, but I have a feeling it's just going to be an on rail shooter. Yeah. So, um, that's that's gonna be its its own thing. Uh, there's uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which we've seen before. Just another mm-hmm. trailer from it. Yeah, they announced like a bunch of exclusive stuff too, like I want to say carts or whatever, because it's a multi-platform game. But here in the state of play, they just announced like PS4 exclusive stuff. Yeah, uh, so that's that's gonna be cool. Some people are hype about that. Um, no Man's Sky once again with the No Man's Sky Beyond update, yeah. uh, which is a pretty cool update. They're also adding a VR support to the game. So the full game will be playable in VR, which I feel like this, uh, you know, state of play had like, had like a heavy influence of VR in it, which mm-hmm. is good, which I feel like Sony needed to do. They need to show, Hey, you know, we're, we're still supporting our VR platform. Like it's still a thing. Uh, people that have it, you have things coming out, people that want to get into it. Here are some more things that's enticing you to get it. So uh, another full game that's playable in VR is definitely a plus. Um, I've only played Resident Evil 7 fully in VR, but there's uh, Borderlands 2, 
SNVR, and then now this. Um, I'm not sure if I'm missing any other full games that are fully in VR, but it's a good start. Like, a lot of these games are are big games, actually. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a definite plus on that standpoint. Uh, they also did Five Nights at Freddy in VR. I think that's it on the VR standpoint. They did a couple of, like, announcement trailers for other games. Uh, Ready Set Heroes, which is, uh, I guess that's sort of like a top-down, like, battle arena dungeon type game. Yeah. It looks kind of cool, though. Yeah. Uh, another game called Concrete Genie. Which we've seen at E3 last year, I believe. Did we? Yeah, I think they showed that. They either showed it during the conference or they showed it, like, uh, at the like the pre-show to the PS4 thing, the Sony mm-hmm. conference. I do remember seeing it because I remember see- it was like um. I'm gonna say it was like a CG video or something, and and that looked cool. Normally, I don't care about those, but they that one actually looked neat. Okay, and then uh, last two big things was uh, Days Gone, which uh, yeah. is coming out April 26. Um, mm. Right? Oh, right. What do you <laughs> what do you feel about Days Gone? I'm gonna stop talking about Days Gone like that. Like I, <laughs> I, I just I I cannot muster. I just can't muster any sort of excitement. I feel, all right, I feel like what's going to happen is that that game is going to come out. I'm going to purchase that game, perhaps foolishly, and, and because I want to be able to, to talk about it, but I'm just not excited for it, man. Like this, this game has been pro- uh, like propped up by Sony as like one of its big tentpole releases, right? Like, I mean, I think that's kind of that's fair un- yeah. yeah, you know, it's undeniable. Like, th- that's what they've been doing. It's, it's been at several E3s. It's gotten spot, like, major spotlight. Sony's really putting this game out there. And it's just like, it's like they're, there's no, virtually nothing about this game that is exciting to me. Like, I think the, the concept is, like, is kind of cool. Like, I like the first two seasons of Sons of Anarchy. Okay. All right. Zombies were okay once upon a time, like, a few years ago. All right cool you know what's the big hook with this game like okay we put a thousand zombies on screen like and i'm not even trying to be like overly snarky about it but like i really do want to know what people are hyped for with this game like what is the draw because i don't see it i i guess it's because it's it's from two genres that you sort of already seen already so putting it together is not really making it special for you. Is that what it is? I think it's a zombies thing. I, I don't know. Like that's I feel like the zombies thing has been like beaten to death. If you announce Left 4 Dead 3 tomorrow, I'll hop out of my seat. I'll eat my hat. Like it's I <laughs> you know I'm so excited. But but this I I just don't I just not excited about this at at all. Like at all. Like there like there usually there's something I can I can latch on to, I can say, oh man, maybe this looks like it has a good story, or like, oh wow, I, I want to see what these characters are like, I want to see, I, oh, I can't wait to build this base, I can't wait to like ride on my motor, like, I can't even say any of that, like, and, and I know, you know, Sony been, they look like they've worked really hard on this game, you know, I just, it's been delayed numerous times, like, I just don't know, I don't know, man, He's like, yeah, you have so- to tell me, like, what do you looking forward to about days gone 
I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like I, it's, I'm looking forward to driving motorcycles and shooting zombies in the face. Like I, that's, that's, that's as simple as it could get. Really. Do we, even, do we even know what this game is? Like in terms of genre, like it's a open <laughs> slut linear set zombie shooter survival game. You shoot stuff in the face, damn it. God, what do you want from me? <laughs> so, that answer was perfect. Um, so I don't even understand what what this is. So they say survival horror. So is it survival horror? And this is me asking seriously. Like, is it survival horror in the state in the sense of state of decay? Because if you said, oh, this is like state of decay, then I'm very excited. I'm very interested. I like state of decay a whole lot. You know, um, but more of a narrative shooting things in the face like you have a reason why you're shooting things in the face you're trying to survive while you're shooting things in the face with a story so what does that so what does that mean survive because like no man they said that about no man's sky it means don't die (laughs) oh okay make sure your hit points don't hit zero all right it means being the last one standing Okay. Until you hit the next battle arena, which of course another thousand zombies will then show up. Yeah. See, you're joking right now, but I genuinely think that that it might be what it is because anytime they show this game off, which I think is a major red flag, by the way, anytime they show this game off, it it's always unclear what the hell is happening. <laughs> like it, like like it's it's usually a very very scripted sequence, and they kind of go from one to. I think the last time they showed this at E3. They sort of had a semblance of what you would do. I, I think it was still very guided, but like I did get somewhat of a sense of like you know this is like a narrative mission based like kind of open world. It's there. It's definitely a narrative game, and I'll I'll definitely say it here. I feel like the thing that people won't like about this game is going to be the length of the game. I could I could definitely see it now where you could. You could like both you both doze through this game within like five hours and five to six hours, and you'll be done. You'll be like, "Yo, is that it?" Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I want to be. I would love to be wrong about this. Like, I don't want to play bad video games. Like, that's not something I take joy in doing. Um, so I mean, I hope that I'm wrong. I just can't shake the feeling that i'm not but we'll, we'll 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 see though man it will come out i will most likely play it and we'll have a discussion then um, and then to round it all off um what a combat 11 they showed off the old school versus new school gameplay trailer which for me mortal combat is cool it's great like i can't oh wait all right so i'm not excited about the game because i have past history with this game with the with the series um i think we're sort of talking about this before the before taping this but um i have a, I have a little story about playing mortal kombat 10 where i was playing a friend um right when the game launched and like with me having Mortal Kombat experience i was like all right cool some of these combos still work i sort of know how to play the game it's whatever beat them like repeatedly and not even like maybe about two weeks later, he's like, "Hey, yo, you, you playing Mortal Kombat? Let's go ahead and jump into the lobby and play." I'm like, "All right, if you want to get this work, yo, here you go. Let's get it. Let's, let's get this going." And 
I couldn't beat him. Mm. Like, just complete curb stomp. Like, this man spent days since we played, like, in the lab, learning a character. And I couldn't finish. I just couldn't beat him. I think I got maybe, like, a round or two off of him. I just couldn't, like, actually win, finish beating him. So uh, I did something that I'm not proud to say, mm. but I'll say it here. I rage quitted. Not mm. only did I rage quit, and, like, this is, like, in the same, like, party, too. So, like, I can hear the reaction of me rage quitting <laughs> from him. You know, like, I rage quit. I quit out the game. He was like, yo, wait. Why did uh why did your character's head explode? What 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 happened? And in that game, if you rage quitted, that's what they did was like your character's head would explode and the other person would win. Um not only did I, you know, quit out the game, I deleted the game and haven't reinstalled it since. <laughs> okay. So when I had the choice earlier, uh you know, a couple like a couple weeks ago picking out division two you know, I was like, oh, let me, you know, place a pre-order for a game coming out. I had, you know, Days Gone and Mortal Kombat 11 roughly coming out around the same time. In my head, I know the fighter will give me more, like, you know, I'll get more hours out of playing that than a single-player narrative game. But then that whole flashback of me getting curb-stomped in the game and then deleting the game and then... Like, I think I've only played the game maybe once or twice since then. Mm-hmm. I, all of that rushed through all at once, and I was like, nah, nah, day's gone. I'll get that. I'm good. <laughs> I'm but glad that you had this sequence of events. Nevertheless, I'll give it up to, you know, uh, you know round of applause to NetherRealm for their marketing for this game. Brilliant. Like, instead of, like, teasing it, like, a year out, they started the year off right with, like, you know, teasing it then, saying, hey... We're going to do a live stream. And they've been, like, consistent on, like, revealing characters, revealing the story, um, like, really getting in-depth with the community, showing off cosplays, and, like, getting people excited about this game. Uh, they did their online beta tests, uh, I think, a week ago, and then now they're doing, like, their public one, where if you pre-order the game, you'll be able to play it. So as of this recording, you should be able to still play it. So if you haven't pre-ordered, or I believe you still have the beta downloaded from before, you should be able to play it. Good for you guys. Have fun. But for me, I'll just sit back and just watch you guys. That's we we live in a day and age where I could be perfectly content on just watching someone play a game. And I'm fine with that. Well I I don't even know what Chris, that was that was quite a tale that you spun. It convinces me that it was all true. Um, and I'm more, con- <laughs> I'm also more convinced than ever that, uh, that I believe you. Every single word that you just said. Um, and I wish I was there for that rage quit. Yo, true story, bro. It happened. But anyways, that was the end of the PS4 state of play. Good stuff. I hope to see more of this from Sony. Uh, which I feel like they, you know, it was their first one. Good, good stuff. I want to see this, you know, once a month, once every two months. Like, sort of like with, um, like how Nintendo, how they do theirs. They just did their, you know, their Nindies showcase. Uh, so shout out to that. Uh, just show the community that you're working on something that you care. I'd rather see something like that. Like it's sort of like the whole, um, example of like if you're at a restaurant, would you rather the waiter say, Hey, you know, your food's being delayed because of this 
Or would you rather your waiter just not say anything at all until the food comes out? Mm. Exactly. I'd rather know why my, you know, my food is being delayed. Why they haven't gotten to my steak medium well or medium. I'll take that back. You know, just cooked, you know, perfectly. I don't want it rushed. I want it done right. Okay, yeah. Some might say medium well. Yeah. <laughs> not well done. We're not right. monsters here. Not monsters. Yeah. Right, but, right. Uh, speaking about Nintendo's uh, next story is uh, apparently some reports out there from like the Wall Street Journal, from Kotaku, like a lot of people that when they're you know speaking on these things, they have good sources. So once again, take these things with a grain of salt. It might change here or there. But there are two Nintendo Switch models releasing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're are, we're officially in year two of the Switch you know life cycle. Uh, they've done great things. Nintendo, they've actually not even just Nintendo, but I guess all companies they really do like a refresh every couple of years. Um, you've seen it with the, with the DS, you've seen it with the 3DS. So with, uh, the Switch models, we're looking at a more enthusiast type, enhanced feature type system, which, um, they haven't really said anything about the specs, but it's more or less like it's gonna, I'm guessing it's just gonna have more memory. It's gonna have, you know, some faster processors, so things will load a little bit better. You might get better frame rate. Yeah, I, people are saying like, you know, oh my god, 4K switch? No. No. Okay, you're not getting a 4K switch. Stop it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't see that happening. I what I want to see is um something like it sort of didn't make sense to me, but like certain games that I've seen on other platforms. Um, but on the Switch, it didn't really perform as well. Like, I want to see those games at least move, like, move the standard up, bump it up to where it's running, you know, at least 60 frames, at least, on some of these things. Um, I know with Nintendo games, they normally aim towards stuff like that, but with, like, the third, third party support for those type of games, I want to see games running a little bit smoother. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that people should definitely be a little I mean if if these specs aren't even going to match like you know the I don't think anybody's expecting 1X I think that's ridiculous but like you know PS4 Pro like I don't if they're not even going that far I, I what I'm curious about is is it going to be something I'm not sure that this is anything that any of these articles have mentioned especially the Wall Street Journal one um but is if it's going to be on the screen, like the handheld screen, is that going to be an improvement? Because if so, I think you can only really get so good. What the, the screen is is what now? 720p or 900p? Yeah, I think it's 720. Okay, so if it's 720, then yeah, you might be able to get some t- like 1080p out of it, and that's it. But I mean, for a screen that size, that's fine. Like exactly, you know, come on, guys. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think. Are you even interested in either of these models? To be honest. So all right. So speaking of that, the second model, of course, is a cheaper model where they're going to remove functions like rumble. Um, and this is something that I've heard in the past, where like it's more of like a dedicated handheld mm-hmm. switch, yeah. where it's typically gonna replace the 3DS line. 
So, you know, they're finally going to kill off the 3DS and they're just going to focus on this. Um, so that is more or less of like, I'm guessing like a, a switch that's going to permanently have the, um, joy cons attached to it. So that I'm, of course, not really interested in that. I'm being more of an avid gamer. I'm more intrigued on the enhanced version, but what I want to know is how enhanced, like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a bigger hard drive size? Cause with that, I already have an SD card in there that holds all my games. I'm fine with that. Um, what I really want to see is how, how, how much forward are we going to get with, you know, the specs? Like how, how much faster will games load? How, how will they run? If it's something like for me, I'm all about performance. Like I care less really about the whole 4K thing. I just want to see the, see the games run silky smooth, 60 frames plus. That's what I want. Hmm. Well, I mean, some of these games already have, uh, are, are some of these games 60 frames? Well, I guess Breath of the Wild isn't, uh, right now, but you know, I would do okay. I'd be okay with seeing that one kind of bumped up in terms of frame rate. But I mean, yeah, like we don't really know any of the specs, so it's hard for us to really say like, you know, what's going to be really worth it. I, I'm curious about, so, so I have really have mainly two comments on, on this whole thing. So one of them is that, you know, I am very curious what they'll do with the current model. Like, are they going to keep the current model of the switch on the market? Um, <clears throat> because it seems like a weird in between. Really, both of these models seem unnecessary to me in a, in a way. Like, I don't necessarily think that the Switch needs all the extra, hor- especially if they're not going to match something like the Pro and the X. Like, I I don't personally see the use for it. Maybe some kid who can only have one console, maybe that's better for him. But is that kid really going to get this? Like if he doesn't already have it, he or she doesn't already have a switch. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not super you're, convinced about that. You're, you're more or less like, is it worth jumping from? Like if you already have a switch, are you more enticed to seeing this upgrade? I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, sure, yeah. Am I speaking from the perspective of someone who has one? Yes, because I do. But, you know, even thinking, like, again, for people who, what, the Switch will be in its third year by the time that these drop, presumably. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, you know, if you want a Switch at some point, you would have probably gotten one by the time that they announced these things and released them. Um like like really really bad so to me it's like the kid who can only have the one console probably has one already i I just don't see the need for the the more powerful i mean i'm not gonna say i don't see a need for it i i see a need but like it doesn't seem like the horsepower will justify that and the handheld only version to me is like that's what the switch already does like that like i never play my switch i don't even know where my dock is for my switch like i never play that thing docked it's always handheld mode all the time for me. I have a carrying case, like, you know, it, it travels with me, you know, like I, I, you know, I play it, you know, I don't play it outside a whole lot, but like I play it if I'm going to somewhere else for an extended period of time, like, you know, in a hotel room or wherever, whatever, wherever I am, like, you know, I'll do that or something, but I don't know, like a, uh, I mean, I guess the only advantage to a very a more portable switch is like maybe it fits in your pocket. I I don't know. Like, see, I, I I can see that because if they're planning on making like just like a handheld version, I can see it maybe being a little bit smaller 
so you don't have to worry about like removing the Joy Cons. That won't be an issue. So I could see it being smaller. I could see it being like a little bit smaller, m- more portable. Um, hopefully, an increased battery life for both of these models. Hopefully, but uh, like back to your question about like what's going to happen to the you know the model that's going on right now. I could sort of see them like discontinuing that and sort of focusing on either one or the other, similar to what they did with the 3DS. Like once the new 3DS came out, they sort of stopped producing the regular 3DSs, sold through that like you know that product line, and just focused on the new 3DS. And then they also had the 2DS, which was the 3DS without the 3D. So there's definitely a marketplace for either having the regular system or having the cheaper version of the system without the bells and whistles. Right. Yeah. And I'm. Yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty much how it's going to spin off once it happens. Um, based on these reports, we won't really hear anything about it until possibly E3 and then see it launch uh, this holiday season. So definitely bookmark that down the road. And let's see if we're right or if we're both wrong, just like yeah. how rumors work. Maybe it won't yeah. happen. Maybe it just might be one model. It might be six models. Who knows? Who knows? All right. And last bit of news, which will sort of segue into our topic for this week um esports once again i heard someone shudder and i heard someone get excited esports is a big thing um a lot of companies now are investing a ton of money into it um philadelphia they're building a uh well not even just philadelphia but comcast in particular they're building a 50 million dollar esports stadium 50 million bucks for a brand new stadium in Philadelphia uh, that's going to house about a 3,500 seat stadium for, I mean, primarily for the, you know, the fusion, which I didn't, until now, I didn't really put the two and two together. I didn't know Comcast owned the uh, Overwatch team, Philadelphia Fusion. So I think that's cool. But uh, they, of course, they're going to house like other things, other, uh, you know, games from like StarCraft 2 to Fortnite to of course overwatch um right. so many games that are like in the competitive eye i guess mm-hmm. um, yeah which is cool yeah it's gonna be i guess it's gonna uh be pretty close to like the other stadium so it's gonna be down the street from uh the uh where the phillies and the philadelphia eagles play so definitely a really good start it's not the first uh, esports arena. There's actually an esports arena in Texas, which uh, they took about ten million dollars to construct, and it opened this past November. Right. So, and I uh, wonder if that's where the the weekend Overwatch League is going to go in April, because they're going they're going on the road this month or next month. Oh, true. Very true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, we'll possibly start seeing more of these. Uh, stadiums and places get built up because next next year Overwatch their uh, the the teams are actually playing out of the cities that they're based on. Right, right. So that's so. What what are your thoughts on like just this uh just this you know stadium being built in Philly? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think that's indicative of where esports is going, which is a crazy thing to say. Esports, where it's going, fifty million dollars—it's a lot of zeros. I mean, Mark Cuban, you know, uh, just recently said, I believe that you know he was 
I'm getting this information third, second or third hand, but, uh, but, you know, he said apparently that he is not, he's not investing in anything else. He's only buying stock in esports. Like, you know, that is kind of a big deal. Like, you know, um, I feel like it's esports as a whole has become mainstream or it's becoming, I shouldn't say become yet, but it is becoming more mainstream. You can turn on ABC during a, you know, an Overwatch League finals game and, and it's there. It's on TV on actual television where your grandma can see like, you know, a bunch of young people playing video games on her TV. Like that is. That's kind of an insane thought to think about. It's on ESPN 2, uh, 2 and 3, I believe. I don't know if it's been on the main ESPN channel before, has it? I think maybe for the finals it was. Maybe for the finals, yeah. Yeah, uh, like the grand finals. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's on Disney XD like almost every week, I want to say, um, or very often. And, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's awesome. Like, I mean, I'm, stri- I'm speaking strictly for... Overwatch League here. We saw that it sell out the Barclays um, uh, last year, like that during the Grand Finals. We see that the Staples Center gets sold out for the I want to say the the Dota tournament that happens every year, the international. I want to say um, I think that happens at the Staples. It's not either that or League. One of them. I apologize, but I mean selling out the Staples Center is not uh, a small feat. Like th- these are established venues with a ton of attendance numbers. In, uh, in storied history with other sports and they're they're going on to do these awesome things you chris you were just showing me something that the the georgia colleges around here are executing yeah so i guess we can go ahead and, and run into that um our i guess tying into the story our main topic is uh just once again esports like it's it's a thing like stop like you know put some respect on its name, you're gonna put some respect on its name, but uh, Georgia, the Georgia uh, Esports League or, or GEL, they um, they announced uh, on March 19th that 11 colleges and universities are competing in a Parler Pantherland event at Georgia State University, which is you know, shout out to Georgia State, go Panthers out there, go Panthers. Um, there's gonna, they're gonna have like this, uh, land event on April 6th, and it's, that's pretty big, like 11 colleges. You have Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech, Kennesaw State, Jacksonville State, Lee University, Oglethorpe Universities, um, you know, you got SCAD, uh, University of North Georgia, University of Tennessee at Martin, University of West Georgia. So it's a lot of like Southern, mm-hmm. you know, in the South teams, uh, or, or colleges, but it's, Apparently the you know the biggest like collegiate you know tournament in the South. Yeah, so. I mean that's 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 really awesome. Um, and and it's it's just cool because you know you're getting a lot of like-minded individuals in the same space, kind of celebrating something that is becoming bigger. Um, you know, it's something that's getting more outside money. I mean, earlier you know you mentioned Comcast. 
uh, Cox Media down here, you know, owns Atlanta Rain for Overwatch League. Like, um, there are so many, like, big mainstream companies investing actual money as much as I hate to say it, you know, people like Robert Kraft, like, you know, he has, he owns the Boston, um, Boston Uprising for Overwatch League. Like, and I keep referencing Overwatch League because that's like the main one I follow, but, uh, but, you know, there are a lot of big money. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola sponsors Overwatch League. Like, that's huge. That's giant. Like, that is giant. Um, I, I don't even know if you get a whole lot bigger than Coke. Um, you know, Toyota, Verizon, like, there are so many big companies investing in this that I really genuinely think that it will probably be a matter of time before, like, you're parents could probably say like you know and it's what's over yeah. and it's yeah and it's because it's something that like i i was at the gym the other day and um i think channel two uh they were doing like a uh report on like just esports just in general mm-hmm. and how like uh certain college students like they're playing they're getting scholarships um the georgia esports league they uh, just read this little news bit but uh they've i think they've been active since 2017 2018 but their players have almost won $20,000 worth in scholarships mm-hmm. yeah. so that's not I, nothing to sneeze at you know yeah so with it being still in its infant stage um it opens the door to a lot of things you have uh you could get into it of course by playing games by you know being a um being a player, you could look into developing games. You could network at these events by talking to the people that make the games, that run panels. Uh, you have, um, like, especially with this particular event, you have game developers like Blue Mammoth Games and Hi-Rez, which, you know, they, I believe, have studios here. I know Hi-Rez does. Um, there's a lot of networking for, like, a lot of these students that if they don't want to play they want to develop. They could do that if they want to shoutcast. They could also do that. Um, this event That's in particular, cool. it's going to be free, open to the public, and it's also going to be streamed on Twitch. So um, it's just it's it's crazy. It's still in its infancy, but I feel like you know when we started the uh, you know doing podcasting, I was like this is one of the like topics that always like came up every once in a while. But mm-hmm. I was always that person like just really hype about it saying yo like this is gonna be big down the road like and everyone's like man it's nothing it's not real sports but like over time slowly becoming bigger you have dota you have starcraft 2 uh league of legends like all of these things just gradually like leading up to this and of course of overwatch um being as big as it is now yeah it's uh it's pretty cool i i do think that overwatch has the capability of being and i know people who follow you know you, you know your dotas and leagues and counter strikes and smite and all this other stuff i think they'll they might be a little mad at me but i genuinely do think that overwatch has the biggest capability of of being huge not just because of the sponsors but because of how i see it progressing like I see every year. I mean, I do think that the international for Dota is like is giant, and I think that is a I would say very very close like runner up. I just think that that game is so esoteric and in what's going on that I think if anything has the ability, the capability to kind of break out in that way, it's Overwatch. I think it's a I, I'm not saying Overwatch by any means is easy to understand. I think that, and I think that's the main hurdle with with these games. But they've made it a, a point where 
like with their spectator spectator mode, like you could somewhat follow with what's going on. So it's easier to like sit down and figure out what's going on watching Overwatch as compared to something like League of Legends and Smite. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that's kind of where I'm coming from on it is that like I and that's that that's where I think you know, I think it's most likely going to be more of a breakout here or at least has the capability of being more because of that. I think it's the easiest game to follow out of almost anything that we've mentioned. However, I do still feel like that barrier still exists and I wonder if it can be fully taken down. Um, and I, I say that and this is totally anecdotal. Um, but you know, my girlfriend doesn't really like follow Overwatch very much, but you know, she sees kind of what I watch and you know, she's played a few times, but nothing serious. And you know, it's hard to follow. Like, you know, she can, fo- she can get some of it. You know, she's, she's, She's a very smart individual, you know, she's, she's not an idiot. She can follow the action generally. But, you know, as far as like some of the esoteric things that are going on, um, it, it's, it can be difficult. And so I think, even though I think if Overwatch is easily the most difficult to, to, to see, follow the action, I do wonder what that barrier is. Now, having said that. See, but oh, I, I think, I think it's just, it's all about like what you're used to. So, um, comparing it to like, you know, March, March Madness is going on right now. Right. And, um, just watching, you know, watching the games, watching other people watching the games. Like there are certain times watching these, you know, NCAA uh, basketball games, I could see things happening and like them pausing a the game and having referees trying to like, uh, debate what's going to happen based on plays. I could literally see like husbands and boyfriends in the crowd. Like, trying to break down things to their wives and girlfriends. Like, trying to, like, just explain things. It's just, it's, it's almost the same thing that's happening here. It's all more or less about uh, just, I guess, just learning the game. And I feel like with stuff like Overwatch, you don't have to worry about, you know, the game being paused for 20 minutes because of an illegal play or something like that. Like, these games are more or less, like, played through and... It's, it's, it's not a lot of, like, stopping action and going. It's, you know, you're playing through a game, and you're either winning or losing the game at that point. Sure. Like, I also think it's significant to note that, you know, I do want to give uh, – I want to give Blizzard some credit there where, like, they – they do a good job during the, the broadcast of breaking things down to people um, in a way that makes sense. Like before a match starts, they'll explain, you know, how a match works, what a control point is, what the payload maps are, what that means. Quite frequently, you'll see like abilities, just ultimates going off, like just in mass. And they'll try to like quickly tell you like what's happening, why it's happening and you know the counters to it and all this other stuff like they I do think they so far they've done a good job of of that um and I do think that there may be a, and there are likely a bunch of people out there watching the league who maybe don't play Overwatch um quite as often you know I and I th- and I think that's great like you know if if you've got Tons of different fans out there, tons of different kinds of fans, some of whom may not have touched a controller in quite a while, like kind of get hype about, you know, certain things like that, that are going on in match. That's cool. So I, I definitely am behind the league in that sense. I think that it's interesting to watch. Yeah. So, uh, 
this is just like I feel like just this topic is just more or less just touching bases on like how how exciting you know this time is that we're like we're still we're we're literally still in this infancy stage in all of this. So there's like if you're looking for like I'm not like a career path, but like just you know it's something something like, I guess something like a career path. Like doors are like opening right now. Like you are uh, like this at this particular event, you have, you know, these the finals, you have these tournaments going on, you have workshops, land tables, um, an industry networking event and a VR arcade and it's free admission. So if you're not really doing anything on April 6th, definitely check it out if you're in Atlanta or at least near Atlanta. Right. Yeah, for sure. I definitely would. That sounds like, I mean, a no lose situation, right? Exactly. So that's definitely something to look out for. Um, like we were saying, like there's all of like these, uh, big events happening just in the esports, you know, industry with these, uh, stadiums being built with, uh, like just Overwatch expanding, changing how they're doing things. And, uh, you also have, you know, the, the fighting game community, which is its own separate beast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We could spend hours talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's like the that's like the fight club of of esports to me, which is awesome. Like that is not a slight against that community at all. Like I was a part of that community, and it's it's great. It is, and and what I love about it is uh, something that we talked about before the show, where like I've I guess I'm not gonna say I've like retired from being competitive in fighting games, but like it's to me it's to the point where I I can I can play fighting games I. I get the basis of fighting games, so like they, it's it goes from like game to game. Like what I know in this game can carry over to other games. So like, um, shout out to you know Darian, she helped us out with our Kingdom Hearts three uh, spoiler cast a couple weeks ago. But like anytime I'm hanging out with her and her uh, her friends and her boyfriend, it we always end up playing Soul Calibur six, and it gets to the point where like I don't own Soul Calibur six, but I know the fundamentals of Soul Calibur. So I'll start beating people in a room and all of a sudden Darian's boyfriend will show up like a, you know, like a, a anime character. And it's like, Oh, I see a new challenger has arrived. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's see what's going on here. And like, I, I will like give him run for his money enough to the point where he's like, wow, your power level is like actually pretty good. I have to take this seriously. Now he starts powering up. The scouter on the side of my face explodes, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, chill, relax. I am just here just to have fun. And at that point, you know, he like he I give I it's a fun match. And, you know, I think there's been a couple times where I have beat him, but like I'm not gonna go like you know, after getting beaten, I'm not gonna go to the, you know, to the training lab and like practice for you know, sixty hours and then come back. And to completely destroy people. Like, that's not, it's not, it's not fun to me at that point. Right. So, so with like fighting games, like I definitely, like it's, I'm definitely a, uh, a spectator at that. So like I, I love sitting back. I love seeing people get salty. I love seeing like the back and forth between the competitors. Um, that's why, that's why I leave that at. So, and, and I love that we live in a day and age where we could do that. We could sit back and we can enjoy these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So that's it for episode five. Oh, man. Right. Yeah, that's another one in the bag. Any uh any shout outs for you, Rod? What you what you got going on? 
Oh man! Uh, shout outs once again. Thanks everybody for checking in, tuning in. Um, you know whether I've recommended it to you personally or you just happen to find us on the internet. Definitely appreciate you. Leave us uh, some feedback if you can. Positive, negative, we love it all. Nice. Yeah, and same thing here. Um, I think on Facebook, I'm gonna try, and I've been saying this every week, but like it's it's more or less like trying to like find time to balance between doing this and doing like you know, work, and then like hanging out with friends. Like I believe in balance, and I'm still trying to find that balance with everything. But the streaming that is coming, that is something that I want to you know focus on a little bit more. So you guys will see some streams on the page. Um, I want to sort of like start looking into youtube stuff as well so be on the lookout for that that's going to be something down to the, the, the pipeline and then also with uh with guests i actually have some uh some guests lined up for april so Ooh. yeah so uh shout out to some people that you know i've talked to and they want to you know jump on and give their input on some stuff um and then if you want to shout out if you like you know if you're a cosplayer, if you're a gamer, that you know, if you're a streamer, if you want to, you know, lend your voice and talk with us about some stuff, definitely shout us out. You know, let's link up. Let's, you know, let's network. That's what it's all about. That's what. Yep. That's what all this is about. It's just you know being a community, and that's what I love about it. Absolutely. But, but all in all, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Should I Play That. And I guess that's it with you guys. Stay beastly. Have fun. Eat your vegetables. Take your vitamins. Work out. Enjoy life. And just have fun. Peace out.